Welcome to the latest episode of our Buff Zone podcast, and I'm Brian Howell, uh, coming to you from coming to you from Spokane, Washington. We're um, getting ready to cover the CU men's uh, or CU men's CU football team uh, at Washington State, and I'm joined by Pat Rooney. How are you, Pat? Good, Brian. I, I, I like the slip. It means you're kind of in basketball mode for this pod. <laughs> that's right. I, I guess I guess that's true. There is no women's football team, so there's only the men's football team. But we are going to talk about women's basketball and men's basketball on this podcast. Uh, the long-awaited and, and, and long-promised uh, basketball podcast uh, from me and Pat. And so uh, we're not going to talk about football other than my slip-up, and uh, we're going to go straight to basketball, Pat. And so um, obviously it's been – you know, we knew this season was going to be – uh, a good season for uh, both men and women's basketball. And it's still very early, uh, but the early returns are really, really impressive for both teams. Absolutely. I'll, I'll start with the men because uh, I, I've, I've obviously been able to watch them the most, but just an uh, incredible start offensively for the Buffs. And it has to be really encouraging going forward. Everyone's kind of gotten in on the fun. The assist totals have been through the roof. They're shooting really well. Uh, Tad Boyle, uh, you know, a lot of critics when they do criticize Tad Boyle is that he's a veteran coach that's kind of set in his ways. And certainly there's some truth to that, but his willingness to change the offensive approach this year uh, to really fit the personnel of this team uh, deserves a little credit for sure. And, you know, so far the move to a five out approach looks genius. Uh, they're going to play better competition. Uh, beginning this upcoming week at the Sunshine Slam in Florida. Uh, but certainly it looks like they've been kind of running this offense for years. And, uh, you know, I'll defer to you a little bit on the women, but I got to watch a good chunk of the Oklahoma State game. Just a huge opening night for them. Uh, and it's, 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 it's honestly, it's pretty cool to see them get the national recognition, jump all the way to number five in the nation. Yeah. You know, that opening night, uh, November 6th, uh, beating LSU. The defending national champs in Las Vegas, and um, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, um, you saw, you saw it. I mean, it was uh, really a, a thorough you know beating of LSU. I mean, to really uh, be up by twenty in the second half against them and uh, win by fourteen, uh, then you know destroyed Lemoyne College in in uh, the home opener, and then a really impressive comeback against uh, Oklahoma State to finish week one at three and zero um, and vault fifteen spots, which according to the AP is the biggest one-week jump in the history of the women's basketball poll to go from number 20 to number five. Um, they, they've been impressive. And um, I don't expect them to go undefeated. Uh, they've got plenty of good competition as the Pac-12 gets into it. And the funny thing is, Pat, they're number five in the country, but they're number three among the Pac-12 teams. So, you know, that's how yeah, good the Pac-12 yeah. is. And there's two others in the top ten a couple uh, of- right behind well, us. So. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple right as well um and it's uh shaping up to be a pretty good you know it's, we've talked about it for football but it's the same thing with basketball it's a bit of irony in play that the and i know women's basketball has always been pretty strong for for the pac-12 but i think men's and women's basketball is going to be pretty strong this year uh for the last year of the pac-12 we know it yeah i mean the conference might as well go out with a bang right <laughs> yeah right so um, going forward, Brian, I'll ask you. Obviously, the women, we, we, we just kind of touched on how tough the Pac-12 is going to be. It, it, it's not like anyone's going to run the table in that league. Uh, and there's some pretty stern non-conference games coming up as well. Uh, some some good tests coming up at the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands for the women's team. 
what has to happen for, for this team to kind of keep this up and, you know, be a factor in the Pac-12 race, be in the championship picture uh, in that conference. Yeah, really just kind of keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, one thing that's impressed me in covering this team uh, over the years is how good J.R. Payne and her staff are at keeping this team just locked in, you know, from they don't look ahead to, you know, March, you know, when it's November. They don't look ahead to December when it's November. Um, I, I think it's impressive. And it's one of those things that two years ago when they finally broke through, um, ended that nine-year NCAA tournament drought that they had that and then you go into the next year and it's, it's a different makeup because they lost some really good leaders and you wonder well how that's going to be and it was actually better and then you know a lot of the core group coming back from last year but it's still a different team because you add some different pieces and there's still that wondering like okay can they keep that up and here we are three games into their season it's like well they, they actually are keeping it up and they're actually really really good at just focusing on the day-to-day and you know when you talk to them they don't care where they're ranked and they're just like yeah whatever we still got to go down to smu on saturday night and win that's their next game um but to your point the 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 game's coming up paradise jam in the virgin islands next week you got future big 12 rival cincinnati you got kentucky and then they got north carolina state which uh had the other big upset of week one by taking down number two yukon so um it's going to be a really entertaining i think uh next you know, week or so uh, for the women's basketball team in those four non-conference games. And certainly always a good test to uh, get on the road. You know, not the not the first game on the road, obviously, for the women, but that tournament and playing those three games right in a row uh, that far away from home is going to be a nice little test for this team. And, you know, one recurring theme I see with, with both the men's and the women's teams, and it's a, it's a credit to both coaches, is, you know, really how they've built this team through recruiting. Uh, not that you don't find players in the transfer portal or, you know, kind of plug holes as we've seen with uh, the women's team this year, bringing in a couple of graduate transfers to, to fill needs. We saw it on the men's side with – we see it on the men's side with Eddie Lampkin coming off his first double-double with the Buffs. Um, but the core group on, on both of these teams are uh, – I know, you know, I know that front court with – Quay Miller and Aaronette Vonley both came in as transfers, but this is their second year playing together. These core groups have played together a few years. And I think in today's college basketball, that's advantageous. When you can be a team that's played together a few years, as we see with the women's team going against LSU, who's brought in some pieces on the fly this offseason. Certainly they're incredibly talented. They're going to be there at the end. But I think there's something to be said about a team that's played together a few years a talented bunch like the women's team going into a matchup like that. And, and I don't want to say catching a team off guard, but LSU is going to be a lot better down the road in, um, after they've played together a little bit. CU is kind of already there. And I think we're seeing that a little bit on the men's side as well. Yeah. You know, it was interesting, you know, you and I talked about this, but you know, LSU coach Kim Mulkey, uh, I joined her press conference zoom before that game and, she talked about, hey, Colorado's playing us at the right time, you know, because they're together and we still got all these pieces we're trying to fit together. And it sounds like coach speak at the time because, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, well, yeah, but those pieces are like the best in the country, <laughs> you know. Um, so it sounds a little like coach speak. But then uh, that Monday night, it played out exactly like that where CU's experience, you know, really took over and that's what beat LSU. And so LSU is going to be there at the end. But this Colorado team is looking like it's going to be there 
approaching the end as well. It's not a Final Four team. You know, that's a team I think they can get past, you know, where they went last year at the Sweet 16. And and this men's team is looking like a team that can challenge for a Pac-12 title and, you know, maybe make an NCAA tournament run as well. So um, I think CU fans have got to be excited about what this basketball season is going to look like. Yeah, clearly with both of them off to great starts and um, looking forward to see how the men respond to their first kind of road trip upcoming here. Uh, I'll be at the Sunshine Slam in Daytona Beach. Games on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, caught a little bit of Richmond's game the other night against Boston College. Uh, they have a very skilled big man uh, that the Bucs are going to have to deal with, a, a center named Neil Quinn, a solid rebounder, shoots for a high percentage, uh, but also makes a lot of plays. Right now he's leading the team in, in assists. Uh, like every other team, they've brought in a couple graduate transfers. And, uh, um, you know, they have a, 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 a coach – Chris Mooney has been there a long time. Local fans might remember him from his time at Air Force. Was a long time assistant at Air Force. Was there with Joe Scott when Air Force kind of had a rise to national prominence in the mid two thousands. Uh, took over for a year. Got Air Force to the NCAA tournament. Got the job at Richmond, and he's done great things there ever since. So they're always a well coached team, uh, and then always a challenge. Obviously, they play Monday, and regardless of what happens, the bus have to bounce back and play. Again, on Tuesday, against either Florida State or UNLV. And obviously, if it's Florida State, we'll have more of a uh, a kind of true road game, I'm guessing, atmosphere uh, at the game than uh, than they will against Richmond or a potential matchup against UNLV. So uh, curious to see how this team responds on the first road trip. But it's been a very balanced group so far. Uh, the defense has been sol- solid certainly overshadowed by how well they've shot the ball so far. Uh, but that'll be the other challenge. You know, at some point, the shots are going to start stop going in at a 60% clip. Is this team going to be able to get the stops that they need to? Certainly they're capable of it. Uh, the offense has been so overwhelming against their three foes so far. It's it's kind of glossed over everything. Uh, but at some point, you know, Tad Boyle was even talking about it in practice today, getting stops is still going to be the key for this team. And, uh, we'll see if that kind of comes to the forefront in these matchups in Florida. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, you know, Thanksgiving week for both of those teams. But I want to ask you about you know, one of the common thing that we've seen with these two teams is the assists. You know, both teams have had over 20 assists in each of their games, and that, that doesn't happen usually around here. And I think the men only had one 20-plus uh, assist game last year. The women had nine, but they didn't do it in uh, three in a row like they've done. Um, with the men, I'm, cu- I'm curious – what do you attribute that to? Is it, you know, the schedule at this point? Is it, uh, you know, that they're just hitting their shots and that's why the assists are up? Or is it or is it really attributed to the, this new offense and that they it's set up for them to do that? It's a little bit of all three. Can we go D, uh, all of the above, Brian? Um, you know, it's uh, – it's funny. I asked Tad Boyer that almost exact question after the game the other day. Yes, they have good passers on this team. You know, K.J. Simpson right now, uh, I believe it's 17 assists against only two turnovers so far. Uh, and, you know, his assists to turn, turnover rate was, you know, kind of one of those things to keep an eye on coming into the season, uh, you know, to see if he would take a step forward. So far, it's been great. You know, Milwaukee's a pretty solid team. Um, I expect them to be a factor in, in their conference in the Horizon League before it's all said and done but certainly the competitions had part partly to do with it um the buffs have you know i don't know if any of these three teams are ncaa tournament teams yet 
Um, and, uh, you know, the Buffs have hit shots, you know, since the first half in the Towson game, they've shot almost 60% uh, just on three pointers so far. Um, obviously that's not going to keep up for the course of a season. Uh, but some of the credit is also to that five out approach, you know, the guards have played great and the guards have been racking up assists, but I think this approach was kind of exemplified really well in the game against Milwaukee the other night. There's a situation where Eddie Lampkin got the ball kind of at the high post and KJ Simpson makes kind of a back cut from the, the top of the arc area. And Eddie Lampkin's able to hit KJ Simpson kind of going down the lane for an easy layup. It was the, uh, you know, the center hitting the point guard on the run for a layup. So kind of the reverse of what you would normally think of. But in this offense, you know, whether it's Javon Handley, whether it's Eddie Lampkin, Tristan De Silva has been dishing out some assists. Everyone's going to get a chance to move the ball. And with guys cutting hard to the basket, these, this team's going to be hard to guard, especially if they're knocking down three-pointers. Yeah, it's been fun to watch them so far. And, you know, their, their shooting percentage actually – makes the women not look very good, and the women are shooting 51.5%. So uh, <laughs> both of them are pretty impressive uh, shooting percentages. And, um, you know, the women are averaging almost 25 assists per game. Jalen Sherrod, you know, 23 assists in three games so far um, has been really impressive, almost eight per game. Um, does have 12 turnovers, but she's going to be that because she's such a, you know, high-energy, you know, fast player that she's going to be prone to some assists. But – almost a two-to-one assist rate, uh, you'll take that from your point guard um, anytime, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And on the men's side, there is four guys, I'm sorry, five guys averaging at least three assists a game uh, and a couple of others that are right on the cusp of that. So uh, certainly KJ Simpson has is, is, is set the tone. He's got 17 assists with only two turnovers. Julian Hammond has been just as good with 14, almost just as good, 14 assists, a couple more turnovers with four for him. Uh, so they've kind of been setting the tone, but Tristan De Silva has 10. Cody Williams, who missed the game, has seven. Uh, Luke O'Brien has seven. Javon Hadley has nine assists, averaging three a game so far. Uh, so uh, the, the move to the five out, I think, has a lot to do with that. And, again, I think Tad Boyle deserves credit for rep recognizing what this group is going to be good at and adjusting accordingly. Yeah. Well, you know, he's doing a great job and, you know, he has for a very long time and J.R. Payne, uh, hard to believe this is her eighth year already. I mean, th these two coaches have been here for a long time and uh, they've had some success, but I think this year is shaping up to be uh, the best year that we've seen of Colorado basketball in a long time. And um, at least the first week or the first two weeks of working a week and a half, whatever, have been really fun to watch and really impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and big games this week. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up here, and um, I'll be on the coverage of the men's team, obviously, from Daytona Beach. We will do more of these hoops podcasts as, as football starts to wrap up a little more, and we we dive more into it. And uh, like you said, Brian, it should be a fun season to follow for, for both sides, both the men's and women's teams. Yeah, once we get in – once the bus get in the Pac-12 play, it'll be a little easier to do the – maybe a weekly uh, basketball podcast when they're actually that set schedule of kind of when they play right now, it's hard because you know, you might have the women play on Monday and the men play on Tuesday and then there's a game Wednesday. And so it's kind of hard to do that, but uh, you know, glad we were able to do this and, and talk some hoops because both these teams deserve it. And we're going to do this a lot more throughout the season. 
Yeah, absolutely. You enjoy the rest of your trip to Spokane, Mr. Howell. Yes, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I, I, it's never been, uh, you know, fun down in Pullman for the bus when I've been there, but, uh, you know, we'll see if that changes this week. And I'll check in from Florida. And as always, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll do this again soon.